Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man I can now call a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows, a man whose team got off their NCAA tournament to a rolling start with 4-0 victories over both Quinnipiac and Baylor. Welcome back onto our show, head coach of the Texas A&M women's tennis team, Coach Mark Weaver. How are you doing today? Great, Alex. Appreciate you having me on here. Uh, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you, and let's just get right into it. Opening weekend, couple of shutouts for the Aggies. How'd you think your team performed? 
I couldn't be happier with how we performed. Uh, we had a nice opening round with Quinnipiac. Uh, we didn't know a whole lot about uh, their team, and uh, we, we took care of business there and kind of got some perhaps first-round match nerves of the NCAA tournament out of our system, and uh, we uh, took care of business, which was kind of the message there. Let's take care of business so we can get ready for a – we weren't sure at the time as Baylor or SMU. They had a absolute uh, battle the day bef- uh, the, 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 the day before we obviously played Baylor, and uh, uh, we were ready to go, and uh, we played uh, really well against Baylor. We performed at a very high level. I actually felt like we played – much better against Baylor than we did uh, perhaps at the SEC tournament. So we had a great week of practice uh, once we got back from the tournament. And I think just being comfortable back on our home courts, we really uh, played at a high level. It was nice to see. Yeah, no, taking two doubles points, taking six straight set victories, it certainly makes your and Jordan's job a lot easier over the course of the weekend. And I'm always curious, you brought up that SEC tournament that two-week layoff in between uh, the end of conference tournament play, the start of the NCAA tournament, how do you approach those two weeks? Because I know on one side of the things, obviously you don't want your girls to lose the thread and lose all the momentum they've built throughout the year. At the same time, four and a half months of tennis is a lot of tennis on the body. How do you approach those two weeks? Yeah, we actually gave the girls a few more days off, uh, I think, than we have in the past. We just felt like it was needed, not really from a physical standpoint. Uh, we've been uh, very healthy ever ever since, obviously, Carson went out for the season. We, we've been very healthy. I, I felt like we were kind of perhaps a slight bit worn down at the SEC tournament, just more kind of maybe from a, a mental side. It wasn't anything, like, terrible, but uh, I just felt like we weren't performing on all – cylinders at the tournament and yeah it's just a long season uh we've done really really well all throughout the season and sometimes it just the grind just catches up with you and i think that's kind of part of why we didn't play our best at the tournament that we played bad we lost to an excellent excellent georgia team that could have gone either way and uh, we actually gave them uh, three days off it was i believe i think we made it like an optional hit on that third day and and I think maybe one or two came out but we really came out refreshed and recharged and uh just feel like we're just really mentally sharp and right now and physically we're looking very really fresh and uh, we really did a good job I think of managing that that time off there I think you got to be smart how you manage that time there yeah, and no, I mean, the the scoreboards this past weekend are a reflection of that management. And I am curious because now, you know, it's you look at your team's record this year, 29-2. and two, It's a big number. Obviously, you guys are SEC regular season champs for the second consecutive seasons. But uh, season, excuse me, but more broadly now, you know, last year, 33-2. and two, So you're what, 62-4 and four overall over a two-year stretch, which, by the way, I wish listeners could see the smile on Coach Weaver's face, indicative of the fact not too bad coach um you talk about not just this year but over that this two-year run you know what what has that been like how does your approach maybe to this postseason differ from what you guys did last year yeah i like those numbers feel free to say those again (laughs) (laughs) does it get you a contract bonus because i'll mention it three more times if needed it could it couldn't hurt (laughs) but uh yeah, you know, I think I don't know that we're approaching it a whole lot different. I do think uh, we've got some valuable experience earned, not only from last year, but but this year as well. So, um, you know, I, I obviously we would have liked to have won the SEC tournament, but uh, the big message was there was let's use this to help us here at the NCAA tournament, which is our ultimate goal. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes you need to take a loss to kind of 
uh, you know, not necessarily uh, reset. I'm not quite sure what the right word is there, but I really think it kind mm -hmm. of shook us up. Maybe just a fraction there. It hurt pretty bad winning that, uh, losing that finals there. And uh, I had to really think uh, we really, really, uh, I love the way we've responded since the tournament. We look perhaps better than we have all season. So I think for me as a coach, uh, you know, always trying to find the, uh, the, the, the bright side of things. I, I think we really as a group has uh, uh, really, really kind of embraced that loss there and just kind of made us a little hungrier and a little feistier. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that'll uh, perhaps maybe be the difference uh, this year as compared to last year, whereas maybe a loss or two uh, might have helped us there. And so I think it's hopefully a good thing for us. That's our message. So, yeah, no, I mean, certainly again, the best part, while there's no, positive swing I suppose to losing that SEC tournament final the best part is it's not that last match right and so you get to channel that anger and get to channel that you know everything you learned into this NCAA tournament and look obviously you have an, an experienced team on one hand but half the lineup is fresh to Texas A&M and you know I want to start on that side of the equation as we look at your roster let's just start with the freshmen obviously you have a couple who have contributed all year long in Mia Krupp uh, Kupras, Darius Smetnikov. You look at the numbers, Kupras 19 and 3. You know, that just doesn't happen with freshmen in college tennis. And even Daria at 13 and 6, both of them not just con contributing in singles, but doubles now as well. What has allowed your two freshmen to have so much success right away? Yeah, you know, it, in some ways we have some experience, but in a lot of ways we got some really young ones because, yeah, you, there are two freshmen there and me and Daria. And then, uh, you know, Jeanette Morales is, is, is a sophomore and, and Mary Stoyana is just a sophomore playing. You know, she's number, I think, two in the nation and singles and doubles right now. And uh, so it's a very young team, which is, you know, exciting uh, for our future. But, you know, for the here and now, yeah, Mia Kruperis, what what an amazing season. You know, she came in in, in just January. There, there aren't too many players that come in in January that have uh, the season that she's she's had. And uh, she's just uh, done an amazing job in the singles and doubles. And she's just really improved a lot in the short time that she's been here. And, uh, you know, you just feel great about her in, in the big matches as well. I mean, she won the 7-6 and third clincher against Georgia here, against uh, Riasco and uh, yeah, you see she's a freshman, but you, you don't feel like she's a freshman uh, out there. And yeah, Daria has done uh, quite well uh, as well. Uh, Daria is just uh, an amazing athlete, just so explosive. And when she's on, uh, she can beat just about anyone. Uh, you know, I think with her, we're trying to just get her with some, you know, a little more shot selection. I think she knows that, but uh, she, she's a really great ball striker and a very hard worker and just a great, great athlete. So, yeah, they've done an awesome job as freshmen. Yeah. No, I mean, you're absolutely right to see what Mia's done, 19-3, and three, and, you know, again, just how good she is right away. It's been so impressive. But just to follow up on Daria, because you mentioned it, I was there for the national indoors. I watched that Yarlagata match. It had no business being on a court labeled number six singles. And – I'm just curious this early in the process, because obviously it's year one for Daria. What 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 does the development process look like? What are the next steps? Because the firepower is so evident. You know, again, the talent is immense. How do you rein that in? Yeah, you brought up the Daria match there at, against North Carolina. That was the most dominating <laughs> performance I've ever seen at, at like a five or six position. That was a number six match. And yeah, she's just so explosive and powerful and could hit a 
winner just about anywhere off the court. And uh, the good thing is she's really recognizing that, you know, you can't always just go out and blast 200 winners like she did that that day. And, you know, perhaps it's a windy day or slower court. You got to, you know, play through the points a little bit more. And I think she's kind of starting to understand that. And, you know, our courts play a, a little slower here. So she's definitely recognizing that here. But yeah, you know, there's kind of a lot of, uh, to me, uh, a lot of comparisons with Tatiana Makarova, <laughs> you know, that kind of similar look, similar build. Uh, both, you know, Daria's, even though she's uh, American, both her parents are, are Russian. And she's just, uh, she actually was quite better than Tatiana was as a freshman. So, you know, she can uh, progress the way Tatiana did. You know, they're both very similar athletes and shot makers and uh you know Tatiana's our volunteer coach and she's done most of the coaching on her matches so I think as long as Daria is willing uh, to learn and continue to understand that I think the sky is the limit uh, for Daria I don't, I don't know that we've seen the best from Daria just yet yeah no I'm focused on 2023 much like you are but it's it's fun to look like I keep saying this to coaches we're going to get to 2026 and there's going to be like a really good team in 2026 and it's gonna be like yeah but you remember when Smetnikov played six for the Aggies and like that was funny. And it's just like that's the error. Yarlagata is listed at seven now. Like, again, it's just this is the sort of era we're in where the talent is so immense. And, you know, to that note, you mentioned it earlier. Carson, unfortunately, goes down about the start of March with that hip injury and just uh, has to get surgery, unable to complete her year. And, you know, her, obviously, and uh, her and Mia were, or excuse me, her and uh, Mary were playing outstanding tennis at that number one double spot. And I think they were undefeated in dual match play. And obviously, Carson playing at the top of the lineup as well. We know what she's capable of in singles. How has your team responded to that injury? And again, what have you learned about your group through all of this? Yeah, we just uh, responded so well there. And uh, yeah, Carson was, you know, kind of one and two with, with Mary early on. And uh, yeah, I think they're still ranked two in the nation in doubles. They're only playing like nine matches. I don't know how that's quite possible. But yeah, you know, I think it all kind of shook us up there for a week or two. And we were trying to figure out, you know, ways to manage it and, player when she felt good and maybe just play her in the doubles and it was just finally time to just uh you know very mutual decision and uh just she just felt like she couldn't do it anymore and I think it kind of took us a week or two as a group to see what that kind of feels like and it took a few uh maybe to step up you know I think at the time maybe Jeanette was kind of more of our seven there and it wasn't get to play a ton and she's really stepped into that uh, you know, position and, and done very well. And uh, yeah, it definitely hurt us in the doubles uh, for a while. Uh, we, we've still performed very uh, well at one and two and we've had our struggles at three. And and we've really here recently, though, we, we've kind of picked it up at three. We want to keep a doubles point at three against Vanderbilt. Uh, that really paid off there. And even the Baylor match, uh, if we don't win that at three, things get pretty interesting there. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just a pretty amazing job that we, we lost an All-American, uh, you know, when you don't get uh, uh, that many scholarships ever, scholarships valuable when you lose your basically an All-American and singles and doubles uh, playing at the highest of your lineup could have gone kind of one of two ways there. And I think the girls really rallied around it, uh, together and uh we, we, yeah the, the stay two all season like we had losing one of our best players if not our best player it's pretty remarkable what, what the girls have done 
Absolutely. And you sort of alluded to it there. And this is not meant as disrespectful to Carson in singles. It just speaks to how good she was in doubles. It feels like, is that where you feel that loss more? And I'm curious how much a focus doubles has been for you, you know, getting that point to where you want it to be approaching this Sweet 16 and season home stretch. It's definitely hurt us in both, but I think we've definitely felt the sting of it more in the, in the doubles uh, there. And, uh, you know, we're just very, very deep in our roster to, to be able to pull Jeanette Morales up from kind of that what six, seven spot to, you know, she's still her, that's a pretty darn good six. Yeah, so, she's 14 uh, and two. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, that didn't uh, hurt us you know, quite as much as maybe some might have thought it, it would. And, uh, yeah, it definitely has hurt us in the in the doubles. We had to switch some things around. And uh, we still, I think, at the end of the day, I think we've only lost just less, maybe three or four doubles points, maybe five at the most. Uh, but, yeah, if you have Carson in there, it's, you know, we, uh, that North, you brought the North Carolina match, it, like we were just on fire at all three positions there. And, uh, kind of routinely won that indoor doubles point there. And, you know, it makes a big difference kind of knowing when you, at least you're expecting to win it every single time. You know, we start winning our, our share of them, but it, it does feel a little bit uh, different. But, uh, you know, if we can, three doubles can keep making some progress, uh, we're still in pretty good shape there in, in the doubles points. So. No, absolutely. And again, not to keep harping on that match, for what it's worth, that's the highest level of women's college tennis I've ever seen across the board. Just on every court, the play was so outstanding. And just, you know, again, I think it was what? It was JC versus Scotty at five. And you're just like, what are we doing here? It's just like, and by the way, just quick tangent. Do you and Jordan just like set a stopwatch and you're like, all right, we have 52 minutes with this JC Goldsmith match because that's how long she's on court. And like, if you have anything to say to her as a coach, make sure you get it in during that time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, JC, when she's on, she, she's just uh, pretty lethal out there. Yeah. When she, and she, she's a, such a big flat ball striker and just, uh, yeah, you know, the lefty and yeah. just plays with so much power. You know, she's recently become our all-time leader in wins and singles and doubles, which couldn't happen to a, a nicer person. You know, JC's been here for five years, and I, I truly can't think of one day where we were like, well, what's what's up with JC today? I and mean, it's just an amazing positive attitude with Spunk. has been such a great leader. She's going to be sad uh, to see – it's going to be sad to see her go. We're, we're trying to get her to be our, our third coach next year, but uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, it just yeah, – yeah, yeah, she can – uh, take care of business in, in a hurry if she's firing on all cylinders, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it's fun to watch. But I guess seeing your team perform at that level in the semifinals, I know obviously without Carson, it would be hard for any team to do that again. But do you feel like this team still has another match or maybe even another four matches like it seemed like it's going to take out of everyone at that level, like, have you what again? You have been around a lot of good teams over the years. You've been a part of an NCAA finalist team back in 2013 at AM. You know, does this team have that it factor? I still believe we do. Uh, you know, I think it, we're doing it maybe in a little different style with Carson, and we're maybe completely dominating a lot of really good teams. Whereas now we're kind of having to find ways. Maybe it's winning a ton of three set matches, maybe it's, you know, getting down a few sets, maybe it's losing a doubles point. I, I really love the grit and determination that we're playing with. Maybe we're not quite as scary of a team as we were with Carson in, but 
uh, you know, I think, the, you know, kind of the words out, like we're, we're a pretty gritty, tough team and, and you're going to have to beat us there. So I think we're going to be uh, right up there with, uh, you know, a handful of teams with, with the shot to, to, to win it all. And I think if we're firing on all cylinders and performing at the high level, I think, it, you know, any match feels uh, good to me. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, I think this team is like they have developed a grit over the course of the SEC season. It was really fun to watch because, you know, again, you guys won every match you played in the regular season, but they weren't four O's and just like quick four one blowouts. You guys uh, are definitely battle tested heading into this sweet 16. And I'm curious through all the ups and downs, mostly ups, not not really that many downs of this season. It's been the biggest surprise to you about this group. I think just the, the consistency of it, and uh, it, it's not easy in, in, in the SEC, uh, it, no matter how good of a team you have. And I think just playing on the road in tough conditions, you know, you know, some of our score lines, you know, they may look like it was a convincing win, but, you know, we're just finding ways, like you said, the grid and just finding ways to get the job done rather than, you know, at times maybe it was we were – the matches weren't so competitive. I, I love the fact that we're kind of like problem solving out there and fighting and outworking the other team. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we stand for here. We're, we're a really hardworking group and a tough group. And and I, I think that's kind of the neatest thing for me is just the consistency to, to, to win. And, you know, there were a lot of these SEC matches that, that they were pretty close matches that were pretty, pretty uh, tight uh, towards the end. It wasn't, weren't many where it was like, oh, for sure that we were going to win. And we just kind of kept finding ways to get another win, get another win. So I think that's, in a way, it makes you a little bit more proud as, as a coach uh, of how we're, we're handling those those tough matches. Yeah, it's been fun. Again, it's been a really fun season. I'm always curious as I'm asking this to every coach, what's the go-to off-court competition for this group of Aggies? Because, again, with the, as talented as things are across the board, that it factor is going to matter. It's going to be the team, two all on the scoreboard, three-third sets. We all trust each other to get through. It's the go-to go off-court thing this Aggies team does to build that trust. Tell me what you mean exactly by go-to off-court. I'm, I'm not well, uh, No, I, I mean, is there is the ping-pong table up at the tennis center? You know, again, are, I'm sure some of the team lives with one another, but what is this team doing to ensure they have that chemistry? Oh, I got you. Yeah, you know, we are really a, a close-knit group. I know everybody says that, and that gets probably old <laughs> hearing that, but we, we, we really are. And I think also, too, just to add on, just the, the pride of Texas A&M that everyone's seeing right now, like it's truly a, a bit of the talk of the town. But, you know, it's just been really neat. Our crowd's coming out, just so much support here, and everybody's excited and pulling behind us. We're getting so many new a tennis fan. So I just feel like the girls, yeah, they play for themselves a, a whole lot. Uh, they're all really close and live together. I know every other team can kind of <laughs> say that, but it, it truly is that way here. But there really is this extra sense of pride, uh, Texas A&M as a community uh, here in Bryan College Station. It's just kind of off the charts this year and last year. We just have so much momentum uh, going right now. And, and, you know, just even just people donating money left and right that we, we, we didn't know before. And uh, I, really, the girls feel really uh, special here. And uh, it, it's been a really fun uh, last two years. So I, I think there's just a lot of pride that everyone's playing with right now. 
No, that's great to hear. And obviously, you're going to get the chance to play in front of your fans again in the Sweet 16 this weekend, a match we're fortunate enough to have on our Crack Rackets broadcast. Now, you guys get a conference foe in Tennessee, who you faced earlier this season. You guys earned a 6-1 win at home, but we broadcasted that match. It was 3-1. There were three three-setters. They all happened to break your way. You know how good this Tennessee team is. Thoughts on the matchup? What's it going to take for your team to get through? It's going to be a tough match. and. Uh, it- Definitely an extra sense of confidence playing at home. Um, yeah, Tennessee's performed very well. They, they've hardly played a bad match uh, this year, and uh, they're going to come in energetic and, and fighting hard. And we, we all know each other's players quite well. Um, uh, you know, so it's going to be some battles. And, you know, that that 6-1 win is kind of like the perfect example of that match could have in some ways gone e- either way. And, and it was a 6-1 win, and we won a bunch of close matches i think the kind of the neat thing there or at least the optimistic side there were a few positions where we just didn't really actually play all that well in, and and i feel like we can play even at a higher level you know even it was this kind of a bizarre deal with the we've been talking about daria you know she was like i think six two four one up and had a nasty nosebleed for like 10 or 15 minutes and before you know it that ended up being like a seven six and a third uh, a match there so uh yeah that it's going to be a close match there it's going to be about who handles the big stage there who handles the pressure who, who's executing on the the big points and uh it's going to be an exciting match uh, you know the weather forecast will look pretty awful all week it's actually looking great i don't think we're gonna have any real issue with the weather so that's a, a bit of relief uh there so i think it's going to be a really high level a uh, fun college tennis match yeah, it's it's going to be a fun one to watch. You mentioned that, you know, again, Super Regional at home. What are your thoughts, Super Regional format? I know we've talked about things like this, but Super Regional format versus Sweet 16 at one site. Well, I'm going to kind of talk out of two sides of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hosting and couldn't be more excited playing at home. But I, I do like the Sweet 16 all at one site better. It's just such a achievement, to, and I feel like if you're at a – the final site, you just kind of feel more like you've really uh, done something, which which you have. And uh, yeah, selfishly, we're definitely glad we're playing here and we're able to last year as well. And we're going to take that and run with it. But I, I my vote would be the Sweet 16 all at one place. And, and I love it being at the USGA Center there too. And I know there's a lot of other great places, but I, I really think the Sweet 16, that's someone who's hosted it two years in a row now. So that, yeah. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's totally fair. And obviously with the individual tournament moving, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the Super Regionals. Last two questions for you. I know you're very focused on everything going on with your team, but it's been a really fun year in college tennis and a lot of great storylines. Is there a team, coach, player storyline outside of your group that has particularly impressed you this season? I think you got to give Iowa State some credit there. Uh, Boomer's done a great job there, kind of brought a team out, out of nowhere. Uh, they had a great uh, national indoors there. So I, I got to give them some some credit there. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't. I, I think uh, just without singling one team or coach out, I, I do think just the level of, of college tennis right now is just off the charts. It's such a fine line between being – 10 and 40 like there's some really really good teams that aren't making the tournament uh, these days which i think makes uh, it it's really exciting for it, just the level even you brought up the, we keep talking about the north carolina match and that was a pro level match there at every 
uh, position. There, there's just so many good players all across the board. It, it's such a great sport. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, continue on that journey. Yeah, well, the reason we keep bringing it up, I'm telling you, I was, I mean, I called it. I was in the crowd. Everyone in the moment was like, this is an all-time match. It's like, you just don't see this every day. And yeah, it's again, what's going to make this home stretch so enjoyable is there are so many teams like yourselves and in that spirit. You think there's a clear-cut favorite right now for the title? I don't. I really don't. I would have said North Carolina, uh, but North Carolina State just uh, took it to them pretty good a few weeks ago. So I think there's about at least five or six teams that you could really say has has a good shot. And I, I definitely think we're one of them. I, I, you know, there's some really intriguing matches that are going to happen, I guess, tomorrow and Saturday. And, uh, you know, and then things will start to change a little bit at Orlando without the home court advantage. But, yeah, there there's going to be some pretty – Pretty great tennis matches being played here the next couple days. It's going to be a really exciting weekend of tennis. There's no denying that. And obviously, we're super excited to have the opportunity to call your match against Tennessee. 2 p.m. Central time. You can go. I mean, if you're in person, if you're within an hour, go watch the match in person. It's well worth it. But if you're not, we've got it for you on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. And, of course, we've appreciated the opportunity to get to call your team's matches all season long. And uh, I always appreciate the chance uh, to get the chance to chat with you, Coach. So really appreciate you taking the time. Obviously wishing you and the Yankees luck uh, over the course of this weekend. And it's not jinxing it because I know you have individuals going there. So regardless of what happens, I will see you in Orlando. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing you in Orlando. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Alex. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy, college tennis fans. We have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turna Tough, best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turna, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone.